What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. What's better than this? Guys being dudes. This podcast contains themes and language of an adult nature and is intended for a mature audience. Hello, it's the Sasquatch and thank you very much for tuning in to episode 4, season 3 of the Busted Barstools podcast. I am joined after a two-week hiatus by the last bastion of research. It's the Doctor. Good day. I am joined by the Chief of Controversy. It's the coach. Hello, hello. And unfortunately, Barry can't be with us this week. So how are we, gents? Another action-packed weekend of sport. We all good? Yeah, good, good. Fantastic, yeah. And I'm not going to lie, I'm not fantastic. Um, yeah. <laughs> I thought I thought, I thought, thought we'd, you know, when Firmino, you know, did that little kind of swivel, get the ball off to Salah, Lovely little piece of play. I thought that was the turning point. All it looks is the turning point. The Klopp possibly leaving is if you, if you if you're mm. to believe Twitter um, and and the latest odds. But I don't. I don't know. I think. I think. He's had a know, I'm going to say one thing. Right? I think this is going to be possibly possibly because you know the way they say there's no smoke without fire and all that. I possibly think this is going to be the first time a club might possibly leave, let their manager or head coach or any staff member probably go on some sort of. Um, leave, you know, family member dying. What's that word? Yeah, compassionate, um, compassionate. compassionate leave. Yeah, I think this could be the first time. Um, it's completely different circumstances to what we've ever had before in terms of COVID and stuff. Liverpool yeah. aren't in a title race. He kind of, I don't know if you saw the interview where he kind of had a little bit of a moment where he said, Yeah, look, I'm conceding the title if you like. So I think there's a, definitely a possibility there because it, I, if he was good to go, I feel the statement would have been out already because um, apparently he didn't travel back with the team after and there was a bit of a if you're reading Twitter there was a, a bust up between Alison Becker and, and Robertson in the change rooms but look I don't, I don't think that's unnatural for after any loss to any team to be honest particularly happens, the team in their situation that happens on the training pitch before a game like yeah. it's, it's it's natural so um, yeah I think this could be very, this very well be, could be the first time because he signed that deal and, and he's kind of already said after when his deal is up he wants to take a break from football so I think he'll probably see that out, and I think this could be the first time we see a compassionate leave for a manager. Similar to Jared Hooley with his heart condition when he... Yeah, when well, he, that was more, uh, a bit more, less compassionate, more urgent. <laughs> more uh, urgent, I yeah, suppose. yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I, look, that's the way I see it going, and that's why the kind of the odds and Paddy Power and, and no smoke without fire all comes into play then, I think. Yeah, yeah look, it, it's been a tough year for him, and it was an exceptionally difficult week, um, given the travel restrictions in Germany at present. I mean, like, you just see its impact on the Champions League this week, um, and to not be able to go home and after your mother has passed away. Was she sick? Do you know, coach? Or not one hundred percent sure. Okay. I think I think there was mention of, of an illness, but I don't know if that was a, a short term or a quick or a short term. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Look, it's it's, it's a difficult. <laughs> similar uh, similar feeling as well today, given United drawing with West Brom. Um. Probably should have won that game. Not, I wouldn't say they're in the mix of the title, even though like they're second or goal difference. But two wins from seven kind of isn't really good enough considering the form that United had been in, especially since like fucking the loss to Spurs and and the home loss again to to Arsenal. And it seems that fucking Solskjaer out is trending on Twitter as well. I haven't looked at Paddy Already. Power. I haven't even looked at. I haven't looked through Twitter. I haven't looked at Paddy Power. So I'm not really going to fucking. Add fuel to that fire, or, or upset yourself, comment, or upset myself any further. But uh, yeah, I reckon uh, I think it's Newcastle next for United, so I reckon we'll bounce back from that. And then there's a uh, Europa, Europa League, League Europa well. League Thursday. So I see it had a really, really good team uh, this year. Mm. It's it's on neutral Torfazel, I believe it's in Turin, the force leg. It got yeah, new, yeah, 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 so, yeah. Best, I think. Arsenal playing Benfica, that's unusual as well. I don't know where 
where it is. But look, yeah, and, and in addition to, to pile on everyone else's woes, I think the Hedge Rugby performance today left a lot to be desired, I think. Um, I think there's no way we should have been in that game. And if the France that I know could have turned up, turned up. It would have been a hell of a lot worse. It would have been a massacre. Um, I just I don't know where this rugby team is going. The fundamentals of the game are bereft of the squad. Like there's, I don't know how many. I, I, I struggle to recall a pass put in front of a player to run onto today. They're all behind the player, falling off tackles, silly errors and stuff. I just I, I'm really struggling with this side at this minute. It doesn't help our spine is poor. It's a bit of a ragball rovers side at present and I don't know where we're going I suppose is kind of how I put it but uh, Wales marched on yet again yet again they, they've yet to face a 15 man side for for the full ATF um, so they don't know if they're incredibly lucky or what the crack is there and England England weren't great against Italy either so I don't know why England are either it's a strange six nations so far for me it, it's it's great for the neutral if you're if you're a neutral fan it's fantastic six nations but uh and probably if you're well i don't know if you're a scotland fan you're probably disappointed <coughs> yesterday um yeah. after beating england but this thing for me with ireland is and i, just, I know i was saying to you sas pre-show that we, i feel like something needs to be said to farrell i don't think he should lose his job or anything like that i think we're 20 roughly 20 games out from world cup um, I don't think it's anything to do with that. I just feel like whoever, if it's David Nusifora or the board or whoever has to make the decision, just go to him and say, "Look, there's no pressure here. Play loose rugby. Play, you know, try out. Have have your experiment now between now and I suppose the end of 2021. Maybe that's a little bit too late, but try it now and 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 see what we can do because we've really don't. As you said, there's no direction here. Like, we, what are we gonna do? Winter World Cup and start Marie and Sexton again? <laughs> who are gonna be? On Zimmer for yeah, 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 no, I, yeah. I feel it. Yeah, I just yeah, and, and just actually another story from the week that I know is the, I don't know if you heard the doctor in in um, the former Rassing doctor talking about Johnny Sexton's head problems during the week and saying that there was thirty concussions and stuff. If that isn't breaking confidentiality agreements, holy god, that man is going to be. I think yeah, I think after the Six Nations, he's going to be in big trouble. I know he came out to apologise, you know, a day or two later, but like you can't be coming out saying that sort of stuff. Yeah, um, well, French will be in their strict, strict uh, inverted commas, head rule and uh, concussion rules. I think we've all heard of the Jamie Cudmore horror stories, Clem alone Claremont, and can affect that's had on him. Um, ready to move on? I think we've we've dealt enough in depression. I think to begin the show. So let's <laughs> yeah. let's go up from here, gents. I think we've a lot. To and Neil Lennon is still in the job. Just just. <laughs> Just we've a lot to touch. Give just it because. a rest. <laughs> Give it a rest. Yeah, we're going to do going to do an episode this season, and Neil Lennon won't be mentioned. Um, <laughs> we've a lot to get through tonight. Another beat the buzz around, I suppose. We've got the debut of my own segment, debut of my own segment, Sasquatch State Side. We've got the hopefully better second appearance of the coaches' ranks. But firstly. The doctor will be having a look at the UEFA 2024 proposals for the Champions League. So, doctor, if you're good to start us off on yes, this wet yes, Sunday absolutely, evening, yeah. Coach, before I uh, start the clock. before I go into that, actually, I just want to round off my top five that I missed last week. So, I'd, have, I'd say at number five would be in NFL in London. Number four would be in MMA. Number three would be Dortmund. Number two would be uh, in away six nations, and number one would be in non-final GAA at club. Hurling, over. I picked hurling over football. Actually. Yeah, I agree with you there. Definitely the hurling over football. Especially yeah, the, the, the football has no atmosphere. Especially if it's not a final. Like, do you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, yeah, you're going hurling all day, aren't you? Absolutely, yeah. So I suppose, yeah. coach, nice. you go yeah, to start so, that clock. And you're going. <laughs> start that. Start that clock there. So, boom, boom, yeah. So, uh, UEFA are outlining a new format of the Champions League and are hoping to kick it off the 2024-25 season. So, what it'll do is uh, increase the teams involved from 32 to 36. It'll basically be an entire league and it'll increase your games from uh, six. Obviously, in the group stage, you get a minimum of six anyway, but it'll be increased from six to ten. And then you play like those 
10 teams or whatever. It's going to like increase the amount of matches from 125 to 225. Um, so I think the whole idea around it is kind of making, I suppose, changes and to kind of turn away from the threat of the breakaway. You know, the way a lot of the top leagues were saying we're going to have a, a European Super League and UEFA can fuck off, etc., um, etc. Et so, yeah, a single league uh, based on what they so-called a Swiss model. Um, one of, I suppose, like one of one of the the things that a lot of them, a lot of the associations around Europe aren't in favour of this format is the impact that it has on like their domestic leagues. So, like the Premier League would believe that should this kind of format go ahead in that way, that the likes of the Carabao Cup or the Premier League involvement in the Carabao Cup would be under threat, and that it may kind of, I don't know, I suppose, null and void that competition um, so there's like 55 associations involved with uh, UEFA now they had a meeting last or this week should I say uh, on Tuesday don't entirely know what the outcome of that was uh, just yet but um, under new proposals what Sky have said is it is understood uh, clubs will qualify based on the UEFA coefficients. You know the coefficient rankings. So like yeah. that, whether you get automatic qualification or you have to go through the qualifying rounds or you go straight into the final qualifying playoff round. Um, but also what it means is the likes of the top five leagues could have up to six teams each in it. But also it means that they kind of have uh, reserved spots or what they say, elite clubs with really good history that haven't done so well in their league. So we'll say, for example, Man United and Real Madrid finish seventh in the league. They would still potentially qualify because of their history and their elite status as one of the, as top European clubs and stuff like that. Like it's a bit mad, uh, to be quite honest. Um, so basically, it's very strange. Yeah, it it is very strange. So basically. I suppose what I'd say is, would you be in agreement with that type of change or that type of format, or nay? The, the, sorry, Doc, yeah. the last part you said there's there an automatic qualification. Repeat that again. So basically, <clears throat> you know the way like the top four teams in the Premier League, the league, etc., like the main yeah, leagues, they yeah. would automatically qualify. Okay. They're basically looking at having to kind of increase, they're looking at increasing that to six teams. So like the Premier League could potentially have Six teams. The top six. Qualify like six spots, so right, six okay. spots in this new Champions League format. But they would have kind of like a hold spot for an elite club in the event that they don't finish top six in their league. So I would say, like, just like I said there, if like Real Madrid finished seventh or eighth in the league, which uh, I don't know. In five years' time, that could happen. You never know. Uh, it would kind of mean that based on their elite status as one of the, as the top European club in its history, would still jump into that group stage and qualify. So, does that mean, say, hypothetically speaking, we have a top six, right? United finished seventh. And because of this histor- history, historic rule, or whatever you're going to call it, that Ajax, who won the edge of Visa, don't qualify. Is that Potentially, yes. I don't know, that's... Because, yeah. surely, right? Sure, like, and I don't mean to... I know this is going to offend United fans, but United, over the last six years... Do they have enough qualification? Or, I don't know whatever you want to call it to automatically put them in. And I mean that for any, like um, it, it depends how far back you're basing it on, doesn't it? Surely, like because surely Ajax have a, a stronger history at the cha- in the Champions League or qualifying for the Champions League. Like what? In the what's last, your rule then on? yeah, like how far back does it come? Like I, I think you know it's, I'm saying, I think I'm it's not basically to, based on their history over the whole history of European competition. Going back to the sixties. The, when Real Madrid won all of their titles in a row. Which is automatically qualify nearly every year. <laughs> yeah, like, I mean, they were they were talking about, I think that France, is it, is it uh, League One get two automatic qualification places? Yeah, And then so. I yeah. think Tour de Fort have to go into the playoff. Uh, and you look at, like, Eredivisie, like, Ajax had to go through a qualify. Now, they didn't qualify this year. They were, I think they were beaten in, like, the third round. Or the, the playoff, yeah, the final playoff spot, so... Um, which is kind of unfair now. I know they're not a top five thing. I think they're like actually 
Seventh. But like a, a week, a week last in league. Uh, league. Uh. As a top league, because it's not a top league. It's, it's actually. I, garbage league. I agree with you. It is a garbage league. I, I don't agree with them. So you've, you've you've four strong leagues in Europe, and yeah. you will have like you have like if well absolutely I I argue on it as well. I mean I, like what is it thirty two and then like those five yeah. leagues make up like eighteen or nineteen places. Say for argument's sake, the rules went ahead and Man City finished sixth, mm. right? So Man City, who have qualified for the last what, eight years, whatever it is, right, consistently, consistently finished top two, three in Premier League. They finished eighth just on a blip season next year. Or sorry, not eighth, sixth, seventh. Yeah. They could potentially get pushed out because of someone in another country, say Barca finishing ninth mm. and Spain. They go in, City go out, even though City have qualified the last eight, eight years, years or yeah, whatever. Yeah. yeah, it's a strange yeah, one like that. It, it is a, a strange one. I must admit. I just thought I'd bring yeah, it up right. because, it's get... like, it it seems mm. fairly radical in 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 my view. Like, like you remember what the Champions League used to be like, where it was like the first group stage, second group stage, and then quarterfinals. And then I think before that, like, was it? Uh... I understand that, but like you you got to bear in mind. During that time, it was a huge achievement for an English club to qualify, like to get through the group stages. Yeah, yeah. Do you remember how huge it was for like, oh jeez, we. We beat Ajax away, like, huge result. Do you know? Um, and now, if you did it, you'd just call him all to get sacked. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like it's, I just, yeah. It just it's interesting you brought up the Carabao Cup and and the FA Cup. I'd be lumping in with the Carabao Cup at, at this stage yeah, now, and that's it, it. Lost its spark over the last couple of years, though. Hasn't it's, it? it's to do with prize money. Um, like it's three point yeah, four million to win the FA Cup. It's sixteen million to appear in the group stage of the Champions mm-hmm. League. Every round you make after the group stages, it's an additional seventeen million. So you could have thirty two million made by being knocked out in the last sixteen versus winning the FA Cup. Yeah, what are you going to put your resources right? into? But that's that's what they were saying. So, they were they yeah. were they're saying like you know it'll it'll increase revenues tv rights prize money etc etc um for having so many extra games but you know i i don't know we'd have to kind of it's kind of a wait and see if the different associations agree to it i i i'm not sure what the constitution is of uefa in terms of like voting on these things to put them through do they need a two-towards majority or is it just like you know 51 the, against kind of the thing. one thing that's interesting the one thing that's interesting doc that you haven't really mentioned uh, up till now anyway is do you know is this all in line with the new introduction of this UEFA B Cup I'm, I'm guessing it's a it's a consequence because you know this one that Irish teams are now going to qualify for and kind yeah, of no Hungarian teams and all that no, sort of stuff no mention of it I, I, you'd imagine it's a knock on effect so the, the team there probably won't be as many teams in the qualification so your Premier League 7th and 8th or 6th and 7th position or whatever you want to call it will probably get Champions League qualification spots rather than you know that way so all the teams are being pushed down and the ones that it's going to affect the most are probably the likes of your Irish teams your Hungarian teams your Scottish teams that aren't really going to like for someone like say Shamrock Rovers to go and win one of a, a UEFA B team game they're probably going to get more money than they would losing four games <laughs> yeah, in, in, yeah. in a qualifier for a Champions League you know what I mean so in theory, or the way we're talking about it now, it doesn't seem to make sense to us. But to the teams that are that kind of third tier, it probably makes a lot of sense. Yeah, that's just true. I just, I again, I see it as another model that helps the rich get richer and yeah. poor yeah, stay where they are. That's it. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, if they adopted a model like that, I don't ever see a club getting promoted and within five, ten years doing a Leicester if they go for this model. Yeah, like we're, I think just we're, I think we're devaluing. We're just devaluing the competition, aren't we? Like, yeah, water it down. Like, I, interesting you said there. Like you were saying, what were we saying? Like it's kind of like bigger groups. So you're saying thirty six sides. So we talking four groups eight. of eight. Thir- four groups of eight. Yeah, it's, four it's groups of 30, eight. Home and away. No, that'd be thirty two. It's thirty thirty six in a single league, where each team gets at least ten matches. Oh, Sass, I think it's a little bit like the NBA standings. Oh, okay, so yeah, I think you don't play everyone. I don't mm. think. I think you play eight of them or something. Am I right in saying that, Doc? Something along those lines. It's 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 very um ten nations league esque. <laughs> ten. Uh, that's video. not a money racket either. <laughs> ten. So uh, ten, ten, ten games against different opponents, and the current group stage replaced by a single league. Um. Yeah, I I think you're right. It's, it's a bit of a racket, yeah. but it's um. Look, I love how the solution. I love the solution yeah. is always just more games. Like. More games, yeah. You will end up 
I was just going to say, you will end up with more games of the best teams playing the best. Mm. So instead of your Liverpool playing Madrid and maybe, you know, Ajax, they're going to end up playing seven or eight of the best, you know, the top 16. Yeah, I just... I have an issue with increasing games because, like, if you look at, say... I always tend to go to America, but if you look at terms of regular season viewership, the most watched regular season is the NFL because it's urgent. You have 16 games. You have to win as much as those... The NBA and stuff like that, like traditionally, it's an 82 regular season game. So you're just increasing fixtures. Like I don't know if anyone like myself, but you all this midweek Premiership football. You're kind of getting a bit fatigued by it. You're not like, mm. oh, do I really want to? I'm giving up every evening to watch Premier League football. Like, do we really need to keep? Do we really need to see Leeds Sheffield tonight? Like, do you know what I mean? Um, I just think extra fixtures sometimes devalues the product, product. because it's less urgent and it's mm. urgency that adds excitement. And yeah, I, I wonder. My opinion would be if it's not broken, fix don't it. fix it. Yeah. So I, yeah, I think that's, that's if for me, point. I'd just be adding one. If you wanted to add one team or two teams to each group stage, that I get, if that's be the way I do it. So our groups of four, just make them five or six, or yeah. make them five and one team gets a rest week, something like that. That's the as far as I'd go. I wouldn't go changing the product. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good point. Uh, if anyone has any fine questions on that, uh, send them in, and it could potentially discuss it next week. But yeah, Excellent. that's that's me doing yeah. <laughs> So you don't okay. Um, I suppose myself, a little mini segment. I don't know if this is going to be one every week, but just for this, the week that's in it, I said I'd do a little segment called Sasquatch Stateside. So I kind of have two bits of news kind of to follow up on, I suppose, from America. Um, so, Coach, when is that back clock? That's very linguistic, the Sasquatch Stateside. <laughs> yeah, I know, it's uh, alliteration, isn't that what they call that? Oh, that's the one. Yeah, yeah so I suppose, one, baby. given when we recorded the episode last week, um, it was Sunday night, so obviously we'd be remiss not to go back over Super Bowl 55. Tom won his seventh Super Bowl and I was left, I suppose, licking my wounds as a as a self-confessed Brady hater. Um, look, what can you say? He probably is the best to ever do it. Um, maybe not athletically, maybe not in any one aspect of quarterback, but he is overall probably the best. I'd say he's probably the best game manager we've seen in the NFL. So, look, brilliant performance by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I think all around defensively they were phenomenal. To see what they did to Patrick Mahomes was exceptional. I read a stat there yesterday, I think it was, that Patrick Mahomes ran for 497 yards before he either threw the ball or was sacked um, in Super Bowl 55, which is exceptional. Defensive performance... Did we watch the game, gents? Any thoughts? Any watched uh, I kind of find it a bit frustrating. I watched the first two quarters and then I just. Did you watch the first two quarters or the first half? It's in quarters, <laughs> isn't it? Don't confuse me. Yeah, I watched the, the first half. The first half. Uh, I didn't, even, I didn't even stick around to watch the weekend. Do the halftime show. <laughs> I watched. It was pretty good actually. Pretty good yeah. actually. The the weekend had the rubber bandits as his backup dancers. It was, pretty, <laughs> it was a good watch. I, me and Mrs. Coach actually watched it, and <laughs> she was not impressed with Mahomes. In what way? Uh, Didn't think he was good. Or? I think so. She only watched the fir- similar to to the doc the first two quarters, <laughs> um, and I think I'm pretty sure his first he got sacked like th- twice in the first like opening. Three minutes, maybe that defensive uh, uh, job by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers is exceptional. Todd Bowles, I, yeah, could I, end up I think in if, you're, job before if you're a neutral fan, the first thing you're going to think is the quarterback is not good enough. You're not going to think the defense is excellent, yeah. Isn't it? it's, that's, it's, that's fair enough. Like, but I would anyone should have like can see that play. It's in the fourth quarter, he's scrambling around and he throws the ball and he's horizontal yeah, to the ground. Throw. Yeah, yeah, like that is it. Like, if your man catches it, that is right there and then, even in a losing game, it is the greatest play in Super Bowl history. Like, it's how he gets out of that. Like, it's yeah. just... He's still 25. He's still young. He's, he's got a lot of growth still in him, which is scary. Um, I don't know if anyone's seen he was He was interviewed on the Bronze TV show. And he was pretty much saying that he's only now starting to learn how to read defences. Is that the barbershop? Yeah. Thing? Yeah. He, right, he was like, yeah. he's literally still learning the game. Whereas Tom knows all there is to know about the game. Yeah, and it was interesting actually they showed up that stat that Tom actually hadn't won a Super Bowl till he was thirty three. 
Could be. It's quarterbacks tend to. It's it's quite late though. It, it it's quite late. Like it's um, quarterbacks tend to and, blow up when they hit thirty. That's why yeah, I'd be so very worried. The big about question, obviously, being is Mahomes going to catch him? Well, the thing for me is, and if you're looking at Kansas, like Kansas have through four, three, four outstanding players. I just don't can't. You think of Kansas, you don't think of Super Bowl winners. You don't. You know, it doesn't breathe. Um, that exuberance, if if you like, and it, my argument there would be that would be the same opinion of the New England Patriots until Bill and, and Tom got there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it was because they weren't. It was a not a joke franchise, but it was born off like, um, and I think Kansas City, Missouri State. It's not a great location for free agents, but the chance to play with Patrick Mahomes, they've got him on that 10-year contract, which is a whole lot of money, but it's structured the right way. So it's structured to factor into inflation, and it's structured that they'll always have wiggle room in the cap so they can make things work. Look, I think I think Patrick will, will win more. Will he win seven? I don't know. Will he win them at Kansas? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's, he's, he's very... Very clever guy. He's meant to have a great team around him. He's putting a lot of investments and stuff like that to secure his career after football. And he's invested a lot into the Kansas City area. A lot of programs for at-risk at youths and stuff like that. So we, I think he's fully invested in Kansas, to be fair. Do you think... Um, how do the books fare next year? Look, they could run it back. They have a lot of players due to get paid. They have a lot of players due to get paid. Just for the neutral, explain that, will you? As in, there's a lot of players on that team that are, are kind of coming to the end of their contract. Or the likes of Antonio Brown who signed a one-year contract. Gronk signed a one-year contract. So there's certain laws. Like, you can't just sign a new contract on pittance because you've got a good team and you want to win more rings. It has to follow a logic. So if I'm on 5 million, I think the minimum I can get is 6.5. Now, you can turn around and pay me 10, but you can't pay me less than 6.5. So, it okay. just there's a salary cap in place, and just that's to get very tight. I don't know. Look, I think they could they potentially do there's a lot of good defensive players. Um, generally speaking, as a rule of thumb, once, someone, once a team wins a Super Bowl, that's the difficult part. It's going back because everyone starts looking for money. Now, yeah, look at that. I don't know. They could run back. Do you think Brown and Gronk will stay? I think they want to, but whether they can, like you've also got to bear in mind, Tampa Bay Buccaneers also have Evans and Chris Godwin, mm. so to have uh, Antonio Brown Big as well hurts. is a stretch. Okay. While also having Gronk and OJ Howard as well as a good tight end, like people forget how young Gronk is. He's thirty-two. He's the same age as Travis Kelsey. Could okay. If Antonio Brown goes free agent, could they re-sign him on a lower contract? No. If no one else came in from? No. Oh, okay. Interesting. Yeah. Um, well, let's it comes go- back to what we said. It comes back to what we said about the NFL players having so much power, doesn't it? The quarterback even, player, anyway, of, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But, but even what you just said there, like, just say for argument's sake, Antonio Brown was on 5 million. We, the minimum we can pay him is 6.5 next year. But do you want to take that risk for, as you said, you've got two, maybe even three players in ahead of him. And he has liability. Whether, you, whether people like yeah. it or not, he is like he's gonna bring stories to the yeah. Well, he had to be very to the very, clubhouse. He's been very good when he um, he has. Yeah. But look, I'll move on because sorry, go on. There's another story I want to get into inside me. We ten minutes out, Salvo. Um, so I suppose we've talked around it. It's kind of been news and stuff, I suppose, over the last number of weeks. But the NBA, Adam Silver finds himself kind of facing a bit of a backlash over the announcement during the week to announce. The NBA is holding an all-star game March 7th in Atlanta. I suppose optically it's not a great look for the league. Um, the notion of players from all over the NBA landing in Atlanta City, doing the skills challenges, the slam dunk contest, and playing an all-star game, all going into the same hotel and then leaving the next day. Optically it's a nightmare. I think um, Atlanta is also one of those places as well where they can allow fans so I think there's maybe a thousand fans could be permitted it's also obviously the site where a lot of people might have seen the courtside Karen the lady that engaged in an argument with LeBron a few weeks ago um, 
So it's I think optically it's not good to start with. Then you've had two of your more high profile names. So LeBron James came out and called the game a slap in the face. Giannis Antetokounmpo, that's a terrible butcher. I always butcher his name. It's very hard. Um, has stated it was he had zero energy and zero excitement by playing in the All Star game. Okay, so but like that, I have a quick look then. Is, is why is the NBA pushing on an NBA All Star game and now in the next three weeks in what is arguably the the worst part of COVID we've experienced as, as the world. Like I think. It's ever increasing levels out worldwide. I suppose the the honest answer is is, is money. Um, the NBA last season had losses totaling 1.5 billion, and that revenue ripple effect is such it will never affect LeBron James or never affect the Greek Freak. Let's just call him. Um, it's going to affect your role players. It's going to affect your staff at various organizations, and I suppose. Another key aspect is the way it's Atlanta is Atlanta would also be the home of Turner Group, who would own ESPN. And the NBA has a 30, 30 billion contract with ESPN over the next three years. And the advertising that TNT or Turner Group make during the All-Star weekend is approximately 30 million per day on ad revenue. They reckon that will be at least double that, given the fact that it's all happening on the same day. So it's a crazy amount of money for the NBA to, I suppose, throw away. It was not explore, but I just think optically it's horrific. Um, and just know your thoughts, gents. Should be going it's, ahead. It's completely baffling. Like yeah. I'm so shocked they haven't gone and tried to think outside the box. Maybe we. You know, everyone stays in their home court and they do uh, live. They could still do a dunk contest. They could still do that type of thing, three-point contest, whatever. You know, um, like we've been doing it all around Europe anyway. I know um, Basketball Ireland did it in the first lockdown. And um, I think World Athletics did it as well. They had athletes running in different arenas in the first lockdown. So I know I get the game thing, but maybe, maybe why not pick the best four teams from each, you know, two from each conference or something like that as opposed to kind of taking maybe players from 30 different teams or whatever and, and throwing them all into one melting yeah. pot they could yeah. have really limited the numbers like now i think some of this factors into the nfl tried something outside the box they did their um they don't call it the all-star do they they got their all-star games anyway um they basically picked players from the nfc and the afc and they made them play each other on Madden, online and televised it and it was an absolute disaster they lost money on it so I think this could be coming from that too. The NBA is quite significant losses when you factor in 1.5 billion. I know the bubble ended up costing them money, um, despite the fact it was probably one of the few televised sports, especially in North America at the time. So yeah, look, it's just it's a difficult. I can see the pros and the cons but it's it's a difficult one for me to justify given the optics and look i i think had they had they gone with something a little bit different contest scrapped the game for one year i think they would probably would have sold the same amount of ads people like i would tune in more for a dunk contest or a three-point contest than a game that's just me i yeah. love the individual kind of athleticism but that uh, to a lot of people don't like watching the all-star game because players don't really defend it's, in the fourth quarter when we play but it's interesting they should i think they should just go with the five day break get the players five days off impose a rule where they can't go on holidays down the country where they like to do they like to take use those five days to travel um yeah we're gonna see a serious amount of instagrams from nba players in miami i think yeah yeah or hot atlanta um <laughs> well look why don't we um leave it there and we'll return after a quick word from our sponsors. Hey everyone, it's the Sasquatch here from the Busted Barstools podcast. This episode is produced in partnership with our friends, The Square Ball, located just off Marion Square. Doing it rough at this moment in time with the pandemic, so make sure to give them a follow on Instagram, give them a like, give them a share. 
and hopefully someday soon we'll all be able to get back in for barbecue, pints and sport. Hello and welcome back to part two, episode four, season three of the Busted Barstools podcast. Now for his new segment, it's the coach's ranks. So coach, have you already start that clock on yourself? Yeah, look, Doc, you weren't here last week. It was a bit of a... I don't even know what to call it, but it went downhill. It went downhill fast. So this week, um, on the coach's rank, Champions League finals. So we're going to rank um, our top five Champions League finals. So before we get started, a couple of honourable mentions. So I tried to keep the finals kind of as fresh in people's minds as, as possible. Um, just, you know, because we can we can reflect on the, the, probably the the target audience for this podcast that don't listen to us regularly will want to hear a certain finals. So that's what we're going for. Three honourable mentions. Dortmund-Juventus 97, 3-1 Dortmund. Fantastic game if you ever get to look it up on YouTube or look back. Um, Bayern and Dortmund 2013. Bayern went out 2-1 winners. Um, obviously, German... Uh, what, what's the... Sass, you'll definitely know the, the Derby term. Derby classic. There we go. And Real Atleti 4-1 obviously was because was it was Madrid. Um derby there but what we're going to go with so I'll, I'll give you a little background um the games the first game we've got is barcelona and arsenal 2006 um the narrative i suppose was arsene wenger um arguably the finest coach of the modern era not to win the champions league had to bring uh, it up didn't you? yeah well look, you had to um and he would have played against i'm pretty sure larson was playing for barca that game henrik larson i think i think so um, yeah Jens Lehmann, that game, became the first player to get sent off. Yeah, um, remember it, mate, remember it. <laughs> the European Cup final. Harshly dismissed, possibly. Um, there was, I suppose, the uh, the memory from that game, probably Giuliano Belletti collapsing to the turf in disbelief um, after the match winner. But yeah, so that's our first game, okay? So we've got Barcelona 2, Arsenal 1, 2006. After that, one that... Um, I think a lot of people take joy and solace in from John Terry slipping um, was Manchester United and Chelsea 2010, which was finished 1-1, and we had uh, went to penalties, 6-5 penalties to, to Ian Eitzes. Um So that was that was a good game, Doc. What do you think? Yeah. You, you would have been I would have been watching that, Jerry. I can remember, actually, yeah, the celebrations out on the road because quite a lot of many United fans live uh, on my street, in my neighbourhood, if you will. In your ends. I suppose, yeah, Mourinho arrived in Stamford Bridge in the back of the Champions League win and was supposed to be the special one and led the Blues to the European promised land on that. Um, yeah, Avram, Avram Grant did what Mourinho couldn't do at Chelsea, um, reaching the Champions League final, but United are obviously the team that was inspired by Ronaldo, Rooney and Tevez. Incredible front three. Um, so, yeah, abiding memory of that game would have been, obviously, this later. Yeah. Um, and, Terry, and Terry in tears. Um, we move on Barcelona Manchester United 20 United are going to feature a lot in this by the way um, I think I know there's one final that you're going to push strongly for number one <laughs> and I think we can all anyway, see Barcelona, that coming a mile away Barcelona Manchester United 2011 I suppose the build up to the final was all about Alex Ferguson and had learned from his, his lessons of his defeat in Rome um, previous two years previous to that one uh, Barcelona obviously that, that team was just incredible Barcelona in uh, in 2011 and that midfield kind of carousel was yeah probably got that one actually yeah, yeah. well it's, it's close to it for me I'm not gonna lie um so that was probably the best team of that decade probably but we can discuss yeah. after um Tika Taka's best and um, I suppose the a memory from that game would have been Messi out Fox and Van der Sar um, in that game and then Paul Scholes wearing Iniesta's jersey after the game. That was a good moment. That even possibly hard to remember that one. Our fourth game, Liverpool AC Milan, 2005. Who could forget? Um, Liverpool down 3-0 at half-time. And 2007 come back. <laughs> Liverpool could obviously come back. And uh, in six minutes, three goals in six or seven minutes, I think. Um, yeah, we, look, it was a team of Milan stars. Um, I suppose the medal, or sorry, the the memory, not the medal, the memory was the sheer release of euphoria, nerve and tension at the final whistle when it got to 3-3 and, and obviously went to penalties. And then their final game, and who could forget, 
I do remember this one on a school night. It was it was quite late for my parents to let me up. Man United and Bayern, nineteen ninety nine. Um, Ole Gunnar is at the wheel. Um, so and I'm saying M a lot in this. Apologies for that, but look, these these moments are taking me back. The memory of that game has to be was it Clive Tilsley and Solskjaer has won it. Yes, I believe was yes, the, yes was the final kind of. He he said it as far as I remember. He said it quite early because I did listen to him on a podcast during the week. Um, where he was speaking about that game and he wasn't sure had he said it too early or not just because the way the game had gone you know but um, yeah there are five games gents what do we think so we've got 06 Barca Arsenal uh, 2010 Manchester United Chelsea Barca Man United 2011 Liverpool AC Milan 2005 and Man United and Bayern 1999 I think we're all in agreement with Liverpool AC Milan is five um, at least in 10 <laughs> I'll tell you the one thing for me, right? As as a football fan, putting any affinities aside, that Barca Man United game twenty eleven was incredible game. Like the f- football in that game was was beautiful. I think it would have been Ferdinand and Vidic possibly at the back. Did, of they game, would, did United wear the white strip for that game? Yes. United wore white strip with a blue color. Am I right in saying that? Well, no, I don't know if it was blue. No, it was like a, blue trim. It was white with black and red trim. I know the jersey you're thinking of, but that actually would have been Beckham's time. Okay. Um, yeah. Look. Did you not say two? Did you say two United? Yeah, I remember that one. Did you not say two United? United game. Oh yeah, the Chelsea. Ah, okay. Yeah, no, sorry. I was thinking that cause, was the plain red strip Nike. Did yeah. Barca beat United in Rome? Yeah, yeah, it is. And but that's not the one you've mentioned. London. No, no, that's two years previous. Just London. This was London. Yeah. Cool, cool, cool. Yeah. Cool, cool, cool. But for me, for me, that Barcelona team is one of a generation. Like, we were fortunate enough to see them. Like that was Messi at his peak. Yeah, look, I'm happy, more than happy, to just put the Arsenal one at five, just so we stop talking about it. Because what hurt more than that was Henri going to Barcelona two weeks later. Yeah. And yeah. the classic ad that Mastercard had in the papers. It was like basically it was like losing the Champions League and I had the price and then I had going to the team you lost it a week later priceless <laughs> and that, that really was, it was also probably the game that kick-started Barca's kind of that tenure yeah like there was a lot of roughly. older players in that Barca squad if I can remember and they, Samuel Eto'o Henrik Larsson and well I wouldn't say Samuel Eto'o was older because he did go on mm. but yeah like Julian Belletti um, who was the Mexican right back they also had as well? Was it Marcos? Oh, I can't remember now. I'm sure the doc will sprightly let us know. <laughs> um, but I, I, before the doc does check that out, I do think, I do agree with you that out of the five games we've got, it probably stands out the least. And the, the only reason it stands out, I think, is for two reasons. And that's for Barca's kind of beginning of dominance for a few years and also for Wenger Wenger not kind of well like for me it stands out because I'm an Arsenal fan but like I don't think yeah. a lot of people who aren't Arsenal fans will look back on that final with any real highlight when did Wenger leave Sass was that, was that would have been 2015 yeah. 2016 probably it's there right well so for the moment so we'll like put that at 5 if Doc agrees we'll put that at 5 then uh, the Arsenal um, the Arsenal one yeah Arsenal Barca, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we've got four then. Like, what comes next? Call them out again. I suppose though. it's between. What was, what was that, Sass? Call them out again. List the teams. So, Barca, Arsenal 2006, we currently got five. Manchester United, Chelsea 2010, that was 1 1, 6 5 on Penos. John Terry Slip. Barca, Man United 2011. So that was the kind of the Tika Taka era of Barcelona. Yeah. Um, then we have got Liverpool versus AC Milan 2005. And finally we have Bayern and United 2-1. Ole at the wheel. Um, I'm going to say, I'm going to top the bottom. I'm going to say Chelsea United with John Terry slipped should be four. Because it actually was a terrible game. The only highlight came yeah. after extra time. It was a terrible, it was in, was it, was it Moscow? It was in uh, Moscow, yeah. It was in Moscow, yeah. yeah. In the pissings of rain as well. Pissings of rain, and it was a drab affair, and it went to penalties. And oh, and I, I think it, I might be wrong with this, but didn't Ronaldo miss the first penalty? 
He did. And John Terry. He did miss his penalty. I'm not sure if he took it forced or not, though. I'm almost certain he missed the first penalty, and then the John shootout. Terry slipped in it. Yeah, and then it was just forgotten. Um, Owen Hargreaves actually played that Owen game. Owen Hargreaves did play that game. Yeah. And I had a good a good penalty. As as yeah, yeah, so I'd say yeah. Arsenal Barca fifth, United Chelsea fourth. Okay, so we're battling now. We've got. Barca, Man United, twenty eleven. Liverpool, AC Milan, two thousand five. United, Bayern, nineteen ninety nine. I would say United, Barca, three. Yeah, I'd actually and I would agree with say that, yeah. United, Munich, two, and I'd say Liverpool, AC Milan, one. Given the fact that they had no right winning that Champions League final, given the fact they were three 0 down at half time and were dead and buried, and given the fact they've won a Champions League final with Vladimir Smita. <laughs> and Jimmy Traore. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Um, yeah, when you when you think of the squad Liverpool had in comparison to say Barca of 2011, like the neutral has got to love that 2005 final, haven't they? Yeah, I can actually remember well, that. See, I was uh, when was that 2005? I was actually in bits with the flu, and I watched it in bed, um, and then I could hear like this is like 12 o'clock, so obviously the pub is closed and everyone's getting fucked out, and then people just started having a party on my road afterwards, like. <laughs> They love parties on and your road. They fucking do love parties somewhere. I wouldn't mind none of them even lift on your road. It's just you have to go to their road from the pub past through my road. I'm like, you won, you won, okay, yeah. get over it. Yeah, I think, I think probably that's. If you, if you're a neutral sports fan, you probably put Liverpool one. And oh, well, you see this that and, Barca 2011. Team. And see the reason that Liverpool one starts to creep down is because Liverpool fans are still going on about. It, yeah. And it was yeah. 16 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> just like the way United fans are going about 99 over here. Uh, yeah, but the problem is United. That '99 slips away from people's memories very quickly. I think. Yeah. Because it was the treble year, which was fantastic. Mm. Don't get me wrong. To do a treble. And considering they were missing Kane through Keane. suspension and Skulls through injury, weren't they? Mm. Uh, definitely missing Kane. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. Kane got yeah. that yellow card for hacking and against Juventus. Against Juve, yeah, and then goes on to score yeah. a goal and they they win on away goals. Did 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 Jasper Vlongfist play that game? Pretty sure he did. The semi final or the final? Final. I can't remember who who came in because the two words oh, were missing. Think it was in the actually Blanquist, yeah. Um. So am I? F- f- so we're going number five: Barcelona versus Arsenal, two thousand and six. Number four: Manchester United versus Chelsea, two thousand and ten, with a penalty slip. Number three: um, Barcelona, Man United, twenty eleven. Number two: Manchester United versus Bayern, nineteen ninety nine. And number one: Liverpool, AC Milan, two thousand and five. Yeah, I suppose like if you're putting them in that order, they're also the it's the order they're most talked about, the most regaled. Yes. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Like Liverpool probably. Yeah, if you were if you were flipping that though, and you were to put in best Champions League teams, it has to be Barca 2011, doesn't it? Yeah. Just to put that out there to the listener, like that team As was team, yeah, yeah, definitely, yeah. Should actually, uh, if if anyone hasn't watched it, you should watch uh, take the ball, pass the ball. It's fucking the, oh, the best sports documentary I've ever seen. That's not a that's not a lie that. or a fucking understatement. Like, and that's incredible. that's just the doctor yeah, ruining incredible. ruining my next week's rant. Ah, yes. <laughs> <laughs> just to put watching, it is, that, is that on, is that on Netflix? Is it? It's not. No, it's on uh, Amazon Prime at the moment. It's on yeah. Amazon. Yeah. So anyone who has okay. Amazon, check. Take the ball, best of Take the ball, best of Actually, an interesting documentary I watched on Friday. Um, everyone's game. It's uh, it's on the ever increasing number of. Players in English rugby with African heritage. Really good watch. I suggest everyone watch it. Even like even though I'm an Irishman and but it, it's very interesting and it's about I suppose racial diversity in English rugby. Um as we deep dive into next week's top five of sports <laughs> documentaries. Um that's been the coach's top five rank. Coach's rank. It's the coach's rank. Coach, Thanks, Sass. The coach is a rank, he needs a shower. Um I suppose it wouldn't be an episode of the Busted Bar Stools without a podcast, especially from a particular, without, without a fan question, from a particularly close friend of the show. So, this fan question is brought to you by our affiliate partners, USA Sports, UK. Don't just rep your side. Don't just support your side, rep your side. Be on the all-important work Zoom call or on the couch for the game. Click the link in the podcast description or on our Instagram bio. To browse the wide variety of sports merchandise from all four American sports leagues, Major League Baseball, 
the NFL, the NHL, and the NBA. So without much further ado, that fan question from a gentleman by the name of Cormac. Elliot, first off, big fair play to the doctor on his 100k challenge. No better man. I have an NFL question, and thanks for answering my one from last week. Very well answered. So, with the off-season looming, would an NFL Europe, like a reboot of the NFL Europe, make sense? So, like, you'd have 12 franchises around Europe, um, and I would run from now till April, May. Like, would it make financial sense from an NFL point of view? Would it be well-supported? And would a franchise like an NFL Europe franchise in Dublin make sense as well? Thanks, lads. Neil, very interesting question there from, from our friend of the show, avid Leipzig fan. Looking forward to the Champions League fixture this week, no doubt. Um, wonder if he got his jersey. Which, which, yeah, I wonder if he still is. Still, still waiting on an update, Cormac, let us know. Um, yes, thank you, by the way. I'm 80 kilometres into my 100. So yeah, I'll brilliant. So I'm going to give a shout out to, to the, after this. If you want to do a shout out to the cause, Doctor, Yes, it is um, called Belong To, which uh, kind of advocates for um, LGBTI plus youths. Uh, really, really good cause. Um, initially, there was like 30 of us doing it, and we were like setting a target of 100 euro each, and now there's about 60 of us doing it. So a collective target of three grand has been surpassed i think it's at four now so we've upped it to five grand so we should definitely hit or surpass that by the 28th of february so go team where's the round of applause yeah, i know one? yeah i was told to remove them because they were cringy so and uh, my lad in the background yeah i suppose getting back to the question at hand um mm. interesting question now like for those of you who remember at the nfl europe it was kind of a it probably came too soon. I think the NFL is far more in the consciousness of European sports fans, given the, I almost say, saturation of sports coverage we currently have. Like, I don't think there's a game of any sport you can't watch anymore. Does that make sense? Like, the NFL, when it, when it was the NFL Europe, it was early 90s. You know, it was Sky Sports or Foxtel or NTL, I think it was. Um so i suppose would it work I'd, I'd like to think it would but it it's a huge financial undertaking and th- this thing is always lobbied around when they discuss putting in a franchise in london is there's enough fans now who support nfl teams would they switch to a homegrown team so say say hy- hypothetical yeah. situation the nfl goes I know this is probably getting away from Conor's question, but the NFL sides were setting up a new franchise in Dublin. It, we're moving the Jacksonville Jaguars to Dublin, and they're going to be the Dublin Jaguars. Would Irish NFL fans all of a sudden start supporting them and disregard their current NFL team? I don't think that's going to happen. So you're asking people to... Bear in mind, it's probably fair to say the majority of NFL fans in this country are fans of multiple other sports. So it's another team that is competing for their time, the money in terms of merchandise sale, and their social expenditure, be it if they ever get a chance to go to a game. So I don't know if it would succeed. I did a little bit of digging earlier on and research. I think the problem... You're right, it did come too early, but also the problem is the franchise renaming, naming, whatever you want to call it, and, and the cities and stuff. I think if it was based, say, something like the Six Nations, and maybe even make it eight teams, and you keep your franchises, and it's similar to the NBA Summer League, so you take your Jacksonville Jaguars, who will stay the Jacksonville Jaguars, but they'll play out of Dublin, London, Glasgow, Paris, whatever it might be. They're playing their they're fringe players if you like they're college you know kind of graduates or whatever you want to call them and their practice squad and they have to take maybe four players from europe Um i think that might be something that works because they're you're keeping the franchise name looking back they had stuff like the bolts and the like, all these mad names like the, the 
I don't know what they were, were they the Strasbourg bolts and all this mad stuff. That's not one of the names, I'm paraphrasing, but if you have, say, we'll just say the Jaguars based in Dublin for six weeks only, um, and they play two of their games in Dublin, I think you will get the fans to go to, I think you will sell out the stadiums twice, because you're going to get, not household names, but you're going to get NFL players. Yeah. Um, the, the if you look back, it was people like LeVar Ball playing, um, and he was playing for the London, or the, the Mammoths or something like that, I think. Monarchs, um, or the, the London, London Monarchs, Monarchs, Monarchs. Monarchs, that's the one, yeah. <clears throat> so, I think in that respect it would, and the way the NBA, or the NFL rather, worked it last time was, I think every team had to give 60 grand or 50 grand to this. Now, it still made a loss, um, but I think every team had to put it in to, to I suppose, minimise that loss. But if they were to put their teams into Europe for six weeks max as a summer league in lead-up to NFL season... I think it's something that could work if there's only two games, say, in, in Dublin and, and the Dublin Jaguars, but we'll still call them Jaguar, Jacksonville Jaguars based out of Dublin, then they go and play three games across Europe. S- something along those lines. I think you lose fans once you start changing, once you start diluting the um, the brand, yeah. you have to keep the It was primarily NFL Europe. They weren't, they were kind of their own franchise yeah. as such. Standalone. Um, yeah. The one thing I would say is just every, every off-season, you have the XFL, you have the USFL. There was a new one started over the weekend. It's like a fan, oh, I watched it. a fan call league. I have just seen a few videos on Instagram. It looks bananas. I seen. Is it called the FCC fan control? Something like that. Like I just seen Johnny FCF fan control football. I just seen like Johnny Manziel doing a weird extra point where a fan rolls in the ball <laughs> in a chair. He picks it up and has to show. It's like bizarre. They've had and arena. It's creased against the walls. Yeah. It's like ice rink. It's like, it's ha- like ice hockey. They've had arena football before where it played solely indoors. It's just very hard to do, I think, and I think part of the issue too is the NFL. Like, you've population in America three hundred million, and you've thirty NFL teams. So you've thirty quarterbacks. You've maybe sixty wide receivers. We don't understand just how good the quality is at the NFL. And I think once you start taking down the quality, like when you look at the Premier League, say, and you look at the size of the competing Champions League, which is Man City, are very good. And, or they're on a par with PSG, but Sheffield United are a long way from Man City. But in the NFL, everyone's Man City to Liverpool, if that makes sense. Um, maybe I'm waffling a bit. Probably am. I just think the concentration of talent in the NFL is so high that when you start a separate product, it's painfully obvious how unclose it is to the real deal. If that makes sense. Whereas in domestic yeah. leagues... It is kind of, I suppose, it's like my wadi with water. The quality is still there, but it's more dispersed. Yeah, and, and maybe if you were to do it, and you were to do what I was saying with kind of fringe players plus the rest, you'd probably end up with a product for maybe two years because people soon realise... It's similar to when the Premier League teams come to Dublin on pre-season tour. When Liverpool came to play Bray, everyone bought tickets, the ground was sold out, and then they're going, oh, hold on. I don't have his name in the back of my jersey. <laughs> Do you yeah, know? It's, I didn't it's, even, I was, it's a little bit like that. So when you start seeing um, 97 as a squad number, you start to ask questions. <laughs> <laughs> but I do, like, because what it tells me, if if they were to do it, you'll probably lose your European, as in your NFL London game, or four games. So are they better off spreading that out, going one Dublin, one London, one Paris, one Amsterdam, or something oh. like that? I think that's probably a better option. The only thing is, I do know the Jacksonville Jaguars have a contract with Wembley, and that is solely because the owner of the Jacksonville Jaguars owns Fulham. Owns Fulham and has tried several times to, to buy Wembley. I think he actually he does own the premium level of Wembley, doesn't he? He owns Sorry, a section of Wembley. Yeah, he doesn't. He tried a few times to buy it outright, but it's been unsuccessful. What does what does that mean, Sass? Does that mean every year now from now for say say the contract's four years? The Jacksonville Jaguars have to play a game in London. Yeah. As part of that London yeah, series. Possibly. And if not, two. Well, okay. Because they played two in recent years. I'm almost certain of that. So are we, are we, do you think we're more closer to moving towards that? Either a franchise in London or just spread the games out across? I, I think spread the games out across across Europe is probably a better shout. Um, I think having a franchise in this part of the world for travel alone, like if they ever have to play a West Coast American team, it's a nightmare. And then, like they couldn't, they couldn't do home and away, home and away, home and away, like everyone else does. They'd have to do mm. 
maybe eight like the, eight weeks. Like the South African teams in Pro Twelve, yeah. Exactly. They, they have to do like eight weeks in America and then come back for the the last eight games at home or something to that effect. And they've got the playoffs. They're going to have to play them in Boston or something just to. I don't yeah. Because how do you work a playoff in that situation? I've yeah. no idea. Like if if they were hypothetically the best team in the NFL, they couldn't have three home games in the playoffs because. I could see how it would be a big, um, like magnet for the player. Say someone like Odell Beckham, uh, you could see him wanting to play in London, or wanting to play in Paris or whatever. Maybe Dublin, not so much, but I could, I could see him wanting to play in London. He's one of them players. Antonio Brown, another one. You could see. I don't know. Possibly coming. I don't know. I don't think it is. I don't think it is that. W- like it's still, irregardless of view of an NFL franchise, London will still always be a football city. In, yeah. Like as in, the law. Like, so are those players going to leave those fishbowls they've lived in their whole life, where they've been, the be all and end all, and like, you look at some of those players that like grew up in Louisiana, um, yeah, yeah. and then they go to like, cities that absolutely adore them. Are they really going to want to move to London, where, sixty percent of people on the street don't even know the rules. Yeah, I suppose it'd be like the Premier League being played in Florida. Do you know what I mean? Like. <laughs> Yeah, like I think the the Euro League is probably a better option, but I mean, I think you'd need a legitimate pathway for players from Europe to go play in the NFL, akin to the NBA. Before it's, I think they probably need a league, but they need to have a proper structure to it that you're getting young players, and there's always a potential of them going to the NFL. And actually, it's talent it's, identification, and I don't know if any of you have been to watch any of the the Irish NFL games I've seen one or two in, in a local park and they're just junked up mid-twenties on Tesco value Red Bull <laughs> and cookies Tesco value cookies it's appalling yeah. um, they don't wash um, and they stay up all night playing Madden or something Call of Duty it's and they're, they're vapors and I oh my god it's it's something I've always wanted to try I, I reckon I they're not athletes I reckon I'd be a... you, you've got a couple I reckon I'd be a very good lineman. Just fall on top of people all day. Um, don't know I'm always not even sure if any of our. I've seen the the. I've been fortunate enough to see the Irish American football team train and. Same. There, there. Some, some of our good athletes. Don't get me wrong, but I don't think. I wouldn't pay to go and watch them play against the Amsterdam. Snipers, yeah, and the only thing I, only thing I'd say is it's it's very much, in this country, it's very much been a college game. In, social game, a social college game, but yeah, like yeah. with clubs and an underage system in place, maybe we could get to a stage where you're generally getting like good athletes playing from from an early school age year, early school age, school age. Here, listen, let, let's just get let's get the rugby, soccer, and GAA out the way first, will you? <laughs> well, no, I drop off there, left, right, and center. Uh, uh, look, I, I, uh, I disagree. I think the more sports played by the more people, is better. I mean, who knows? Dermot Connolly could have been a champion hurler. <laughs> you know, maybe there's a guard after him. I don't know. Um, look, uh, yeah. Ultimately, though, I'd love to see a little bit more NFL in Europe. I would yeah, go. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, probably watch it. It's on, on telly. Um, but look, a, a really interesting question because we talked about it for it's every 10 minutes. It's a, it was yeah, a really good question, Cormac. Really appreciate the questions. Keep them coming. You can either click the link in our podcast description or you can just send us a DM on Instagram. You can either record a voice message there or you can type it out if you don't, if you don't want to be heard on the show. Um, we welcome them all because they always get the debate going. So, in his absence, Dr. You might take us on. Take us home, absolutely, yeah. Uh, thanks very much, everybody. Well, before oh, yeah, you go, Doc, yeah, sorry, yeah, sorry, sorry, sorry. Yeah. One thing, one thing. Barca PSG Tuesday night, lads. Just saying. If you were looking for something to watch on Tuesday night. Sorry, would you sorry not, for Would you not be watching Leipzig Liverpool, no? No, definitely. <laughs> with, uh, yeah, with Neymar out injured. Oh. Oh, sister's oh, birthday. Sister's birthday, birthday. It's it's fine, yeah, yeah, yeah. Fine, fine. <laughs> Imagine to say just have it put in this contract. I'm yeah, off. We'll that's actually something breaking. I should have brought up. That's I would completely disagree with that. Imagine being like, I want the week off my sister's birthday so I can go to Brazil. Well, he's injured for four weeks. So would you rather lose him for a month or for a week? <laughs> I'd Must still, be some I still wouldn't. I, I wouldn't put that in. That's. I'm, I'm, I'm having a laugh. Let's <laughs> not argue. We're in the last minutes of the show. Um, but. Uh, 
yeah, I'll take us away. Get ready to go. Uh, yeah, thank you very much for listening. Cormac, thank you very much for your fan question. Um, I've been the Doc back after two week absence. Hopefully, no more for the rest of the season. He's been the Ginger Sasquatch um, with his. What, what is that? It's uh, IRFU Irish jersey and the one beside it behind I have the Canberra Raiders jersey Canberra hanging. Raiders the jersey. NFL is a little over a month away and I will be full-blown ramming down your throats when it does come back. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, thankful as ever for your presence, uh, Coach. Hope you and Mrs. Coach have a fantastic uh, Valentine's evening. Um, Beric is absent, but I'm sure he will be back next week. Uh, thank you very much for listening. Mention us to your family, friends, colleagues. Give us a follow on Instagram. Uh, listen to us on Spotify, Anchor, and any other media platform we may be on. Thank you very much. Good night and good evening. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today.